Portage Health Foundation is proud to introduce you to Do Good Volunteer Ben Ciovala from the Copper Harbor Trails Club. More people than ever are using our trail system because of his vision. Ben has done an excellent job at keeping things organized and professional at each and every step. Copper Harbor Trails Club is a leader in this initiative in Michigan, and it would not have been possible without his passion efforts to keep our trail users safe. If you know an incredible volunteer like Ben, go to dogoodcc.org and nominate them to be recognized as the next Do Good in the Copper Country Volunteer of the Month. Welcome once again to another edition of Copper Country Today. I'm Todd Van Dyke. Our program is always brought to you by the Portage Health Foundation. Learn more about them at phfgive.org. We spend some time this morning talking with candidates for the Houghton County Commission. There are three contested races. We'll deal with two of them this morning, starting with District 3. And our first guest is the incumbent in District 3, the Democrat Glenn Anderson. Glenn, welcome to the program. Todd, thanks for having me, and thanks for what you're doing and and your station is doing just for the community involvement that, that you're bringing to the community. So thank you. Uh, finishing your second term, as I recall? Yes, yeah, so I was elected in 18 and then in 20 and then, of course, uh, running for 2022. So this would be my third term if, if I was lucky enough to be reelected. And District 3 is basically City of Hancock, Adams Township, and now a little bit of Houghton. Yeah, and west, uh, far west Houghton uh, is, is also included now for the first time. And, and so the City of Houghton actually, for the first time in its history, has two... Uh, county commissioners that represent either all or a portion of the, of the city of Houghton. And then, of course, the village of South Range is included in Adams Township. But And, of course, uh, just want to make that point, too. So Yeah, Gretchen Jansen still represents most of the city of Houghton. She's running unopposed. Correct. But uh, that western portion now, because of reapportionment, now falls into District 3. Does that change things, do you think? Uh, is there something different about that district that would cause you to approach the job a little differently? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, because it's they've never voted in District 3 before, it's somewhat of an unknown. I think most observers would indicate that uh, coming into the West, you know, Houghton generally is considered more Democratic, as is, as is the city of Hancock. Adams Township used to be more Democratic. I think the trend now is Adams is more Republican. Yeah. So it, it should help me just because running as, as a Democrat. But uh, it certainly won't hurt me. But again, because it's never happened before, it, it's a little bit un, unsure. Yeah, it's a bit of a wild card following the redistricting. So let's talk about a few of the issues that the county is facing. Um, I remember the last time you and I did this interview when you were running for re-election, we talked about the same issue, the jail. Where do we stand and where do you stand on the progress that has or has not been made on that? Well, I think everyone at the county level, at the board level, is, is I think on the same page where at least we want to identify property where a new jail can be built. So that's number one. And, if you, and of course, it has to be built within the corporate limits, limits of the city of Houghton. And to do that, there's really only three properties that are still available in the city of Houghton. One uh, is probably already uh, booked from by a developer, and then and then one is the old, is the is the church site on Sharon Avenue. One is another private parcel on Sharon Avenue, and so at a minimum, we we hope to lock down this fall. Uh, the property, which I hope is the church, for, for long-term use for, for a potential jail site. As far as any millage election or any election, you know, we, the property has to be secured first. I don't think anyone is expecting any 
vote to be presented any time in the next year or two. It could even be longer than that. So uh, that's, the, there's, the need is still there for a jail. There's no question on that for the safety of the correction officers and for the liability of the county. Um, but, uh, you know, it, 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 it can still serve the county for the next several years if needed. This has been brought to voters before. Yes. Voters have turned it down before. No, and the last time What's, was very close. You know, yes. last time was less than 160 votes. Yeah, and the last time I wasn't <laughs> sold on the concept myself, on the sure, idea. Sure, uh, And I, the word was that there were some other people who voted no because they thought it was too limited. Yeah, well, I, and, and a lot of changes since I won. Of course, inflation has driven the prices, you know, the price of a new jail certainly would be higher. At the same time, bail reform in Michigan and, and jail reform sentencing in Michigan has been rather significant to that. There are at least currently less, you know, less uh, uh, prisoners being sentenced and yeah. uh, and held for bail as well. So, in, in many ways, there's a shakeout, and, and some of that largely driven by COVID. So, I think everyone wants to sit back in the next couple of years and assess, uh, you know, what what the uh, how many how many beds the jail actually would need for a new jail. So, you know, the old uh, sheriff um, uh, Brian McLean. Uh, uh, God bless him. You know, he always wanted at least a 60, you know, bed jail, and and on the thinking that at least for the future that would meet you know long-term growth of the county. Um, you know, the new sheriff hasn't weighed in yet, Sheriff Sarnan, on on what a new jail w- w- capacity should be, but I think somewhere in the 40 to 50, you know, to me makes sense, uh, just just so we have some capacity for growth. And I think with the population growth of Houghton County, which we, we successfully achieved, and the only county that grew in the 2020 census, we do have to yeah. plan for some growth and. And uh, so, that, but the, right now, the only issue I think that we're all committed on is, is trying to secure property so that in the future, future county boards and electors can decide, uh, you know, we need a place where they can build up jail if and when that day happens. We are making progress on the MERS situation, the unfunded uh, retirement benefits. Uh, state help has come to assist a little bit on that point, but Correct. we still have some money to pay down there. Yes, yeah, it'll always be for, for quite a few years. Uh, it certainly will be a legacy cost for Houghton County and one that's part of our challenge as a, as a county board to properly manage and invest properly in Houghton County. Uh, as you know, we still have a you know twenty million dollar budget, ninety five full time employees, and then probably another hundred, hundred and fifty employees that are on the MERS retirement system. You know, any new hire for the last several years doesn't go into the defined benefit plan anymore; they just go into defined contribution. But that is an issue that will remain an issue, and the county has put uh, what two million dollars in it as additional payments over the years. Of course, we can't use the uh, ARP money, the American Rescue no. Funds, for that. That would have been a, a very nice thing if we had been allowed to do that. But by federal law, we could not. But, no, that, that's still uh, out there. We, um, Again, all new hires are not in that program anymore, so we really are, are funding a legacy cost, which we have to manage properly. Uh, staffing issues. Clerk's office is a little thin at this point. Uh, some of the court offices are, uh, I'm told, the staffing is a little bit thin. Are we staffed at the level that we need to be? Can we afford to be staffed at the level that we really need to be? Well, that's a great question. Uh, we just uh, are in the process of considering authorizing in the budget that we're having a public hearing on, you know, for fiscal year uh, beginning October 1, of hiring uh, two new uh, uh, employees in the prosecutor's office, which would allow the expansion for a third prosecutor for uh, assist- to have a, a second assistant prosecutor along with the prosecutor so we'd go from two to three attorneys in that office uh, and um, and we've also added a, a, another upset officer into into the western uh, 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 substance abuse enforcement team 
Um, and so, yes, I mean, we are adding, we're adding staff. We're not taking it away. Largely in the law enforcement is a priority, I think, for all the commissioners, including myself. Uh, we also are using some of the ARP money. We're already invested almost 600000 in the Sheriff's Department and capital, uh, new radios, new body cameras, uh, new vehicles. Uh, you know, we're trying to be as smart as we can. We're also investing in courthouse upgrades for security. Uh, for the building and then also for IT security. So a lot of moving parts as far as uh, the rest of the, the staffing. Uh, I mean, I, that's the only areas we've shown any, uh, have considered any growth was in the law enforcement and prosecutor's office so far. Glenn Anderson, my guest in the first segment here of Copper Country Today, running for re-election as the Houghton County Commissioner in District 3. We are putting the COVID situation in our rearview mirror a little bit at this point, but there were a lot of people over the past few years who have not been happy with the Western UP Health Department and the approach that they took in some instances. Um, obviously, the County Board of Commissioners does not have any specific jurisdiction over the Health Department, although you do help to fund the Health Department. Um, give me your assessment of their performance over the past several years, and would you try to use their funding as leverage to make changes? Well, a couple of things. One, uh, the only issue we've had uh, that was viewed as anything against the health department was during COVID. And, uh, you know, and, and really the Cafe Rosetta story was, was the one that got the most attention. And, uh, of course, that was, you know, that the, the, the Cafe Rosetta didn't close under direct order, uh, under the direct executive order of the governor. Yes. And, of course, uh, at least in the western Upper Peninsula, they were the only business that declined to close. And, uh, of course, that became quite controversial. There was a GoFundMe pages, as you know. There was attorneys involved for that. And ultimately, uh, all the health department, our health department was doing is, is trying to enforce the executive order that every other health department in Michigan was required to follow. At the end of the day, uh, the state of Michigan took jurisdiction over that, and the Cafe Rosetta was fined by the state of Michigan, and there was a consent order agreed to in, in state court, and the, the, uh, and the county health department was completely removed from that. So there was no fines ever issued by the county health department. It was taken over by the state of Michigan. But, um, you know, other than that, uh, the opposite is they have, uh, they have provided in cooperation with our, our pharmacies and our two hospitals uh, our vaccination rates were, are very, very good for Houghton County. Um, they, they were the lead in providing vaccinations early on to the hospital, so everything flowed through them. Uh, COVID testing was fantastic. Anyone who had needed a COVID test in Houghton County, either through the hospitals or the pharmacies, was coordinated by the health department. And uh, it's a critical uh, part of the public health system. It, just as a note, if the county, if, if the new county board of commissioners ever decided to remove the funding of the county, which is over 200000 a year, uh, because of the, their belief that they, they, they were following state law but, but still shouldn't, shouldn't have been, yes. I guess, uh, yeah, they, then, then all the, and so if the county, our Houghton County pulled out, all that would, uh, under, the, under the agreement we have with the health department, all the counties have, all, all the, that would do is they would raise their uh, business fees, or, you know, for all the business restaurants and bars in Houghton County and well, well septic you know, providers and well drilling firms in, in Houghton County to pay for, compensate for the month we cut back. So, by by policy and state law, they would just add that back. So, 
they would still be funded completely. It would just be on the backs of the businesses in Houghton County, not the taxpayers. So interesting note, I guess, for what it's worth. Yeah, Glenn Anderson, as we approach the end of this, uh, unfortunately, very quick segment here, if there are people who have questions about uh, what uh, you would do in your next term on the county commission, people who have questions about your positions, how do they get in touch with you? Well, the key is, I mean, I always view myself as a good listener. I, to- I attend all the uh, meetings. I'm at most of the Adam Township board meetings. I'm at most of the South Range Village meetings, half for the last four years. I'm at almost all the City of Houghton meetings and all of the City of Hancock meetings. So one, I'm out and about, and, and of course, any and, and the county meetings as well. But uh, And then, uh, I, I mean, I'm on the phone book, so a lot of people will just call me. I'm, my email is on the county website. Uh, many people do that. Many people write letters. You know, it's amazing. Still in Houghton County, um, you know, when we have a controversial issue, I will get, uh, I'll get 20, 30 letters uh, in addition to emails. Uh, so the county email ad- address, it's on the county website, and I'm in the phone book. Uh, those two uh, are the best. And, and again, I'm out and about at, at meetings. Uh, you know, my wife will say I'm at more meetings now than when I was city manager <laughs> in Hancock. But yeah. I enjoy that, of course. And so that's why I'm in the. That's why I want the position. I, I still enjoy. Uh, meeting people and hearing their concerns. All right, Glenn Anderson, Democratic candidate for re-election in Houghton County District 3. Thank you for joining me on Copper Country today. Thank you, Todd. Always a pleasure. So we've met the incumbent, Glenn Anderson. Now let's meet the challenger in the race for District 3 commission, Dan Holcomb, who has run this race before. He's on the Republican side. He joins me. Dan, welcome back to the program. Oh, thank you for having me, Todd. Great to be here. You ran two years ago, and you fell short. Why do you think a second go-round might be different? Well, this time around, um, I kind of took some time to actually think about what went why, what went wrong. And uh, the one thing I know that I didn't really have much of was a name recognition. So um, I decided to actually become chairman of the Republican Party to actually establish a platform and to actually uh, have relationships with our state representatives to kind of help me out going along with this whole process. And let me tell you what, this time around, it's, it's been a big difference. Uh- the district has also changed since the last time you ran. It was yes, redistricted. Uh, some portions of West Houghton were added to the district. Uh, from your vantage point, has that changed anything in terms of the makeup of the district? Well, I mean, not not necessarily entirely, but I think there's probably enough where um, it might make a difference in this election. I believe we added about 800 and some odd people to you know to District 3. And uh, I actually took the time the other week to, to go around and get to know the area a little bit better. And, uh, I mean, it's a beautiful area. I had a, uh, great conversations with the residents there. Um, and, I, you know, I, I felt pretty good. I didn't really have any really any negative feedback from anybody. So, um, But, yeah, adding that district was uh, definitely uh, hopefully it's going to help me out. Uh, just a little bit of a thumbnail sketch about yourself and what you do. Sure. Yeah, about myself. Um, I'm from Northeast Alabama originally. I made it up here at Michigan Tech back in 2007. I got my degree in industrial technology in the fall of 2010, and then I started my career at Calumet Electronics as a CAM engineer for about five years. And then I kind of progressed on to uh, work at a high-precision machine shop, uh, basically going after um, uh, defense contracts and aerospace bids, and also doing project management. So uh, it's it's been, you know, it's been a pretty successful career and everything that you know i've been a part of actually matters and it's so cool actually having this stuff up in the up it is indeed uh what ignited your interest in politics 
Well, actually, what really not my interest in politics is, you know, I'm just one of those people that just won't sit idly on the sidelines watching everything kind of go by us. So I decided to, to get outside my comfort zone and to throw my hat in the ring because, you know, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer if you're actually going to make a difference, I mean, you got to try. And I'd much rather be part of the solution than be part of the problem. All right. So, no, go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um, and also, I, I also encourage other people. You know, when I'm going on my campaign, at, you know, talking to people, I'm also encouraging other people to run because in these in these public uh, positions, I don't think there should be any incumbent that has nobody running against them. So, I mean, ultimately, my goal is as party chair is to actually get everybody filled in these vacancies because, you know, the the best thing about America is we're able to challenge authority, and the best way to do it is the Rory Hatnering. And if anybody's listening to this and that they want to know any more about it, uh, just give me a buzz. Um, I'll be more happy to walk through the process and get you acclimated to Jennifer Kelly and, and get set up for, for the election. All right, let's talk about some of the hot-button issues that the county is facing at this point. Uh, the first one is one that we've talked about before because it's been around forever, and that is the jail. The current jail is aging. There have been various proposals. Obviously, at this point, the county board has is looking to purchase property on Sharon Avenue. If they can proceed in that direction, then they would come up with a proposal for a building and a millage that would be presented to the public. Do you feel they're on the right direction, in going in the right direction, or would you rather see something different happening? I mean, honestly, personally, I would like to start from scratch. I've been telling people, you know, I want to see what went right, what went wrong in the 2018 proposal, because in all honesty, with inflation, the way it's going right now, that was a deal. <laughs> and that proposal back in 2018, what, missed it by 600 votes or something like that? It was really, really close. I think the, they were on the right track. I just think they'd probably just be a little bit more transparent and probably maybe have more um, um, meetings pertaining to the jail and just get the public more involved with it. I think when you get the public on your side with it, I think it would be a slam dunk. But right now, I I, I don't really agree with, with the direction that they're going. Um like I said, I would like to start from scratch. I like to use the 2018 proposal as a benchmark to kind of start from. You know, I don't know what's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to be. But I did take the time the other month to go visit Sheriff Sarah and actually have a tour of the jail. And it's um, it, it's seen better days. So something's got to change because I believe the repercussion of it is if we don't really do anything. And I guess if we fail, you know, the, the jail fails its audits, the state can come in and actually force us to build a jail. Yeah, they can take control. Uh, I was in a situation many years ago covering a jail that was basically being run by a federal judge because it was so far out of compliance. And I I think, however this plays out, I think we all can agree that we would rather have the fate of the jail in our hands than in the hands of someone from the outside. And absolutely. And this is the kind of stuff I do every day is fitting square pegs down round holes. I mean, it's not going to be an easy, easy thing to do, but it needs to be done. And I'm more than willing to get down and dirty and get it done. And and to be completely transparent about everything. Let's talk personnel. There have been some uh, issues with some uh, short-staffed offices at the courthouse. The clerk's office uh, is looking for more people. The prosecutor's office is looking for more people. Uh, does the county have the resources to provide those people? And uh, what kind of staffing levels should we be looking at? Well, I just think we just need to look at what's really needed. Um, and, and on top of it... Um, I mean, my approach to this whole thing would just be to just keep uh, every monthly meeting that we have, uh, just keep mentioning it, even put ads in the paper and 
you know, just be a little bit more vocal about the situation because we need people in these positions because, I mean, you're talking about efficiency and the whole point of being a county commissioner is making sure the county is running like a well-tuned machine. So go, go ahead. On. Go ahead. No, I was, I was pretty much done. <laughs> okay. Very good. Um, the medical care facility, Canal View, recently, yes. uh, you know, there were issues there, and I think we all understand some of the stresses that our healthcare workers are under regarding COVID nineteen. What more can the board do to support the employees at Canal View? I mean, what's been done has been done. I mean, they pretty much outlined it on the resolution that they passed. Um, the other week, uh, basically having a representative from the Democratic Party and a representative of the Republican Party to, to basically meet with the uh, with the County View staff. I mean, in all honesty, I, I believe they completely botched it from the very beginning. I mean, that's something they should have got right from the get go. Because, in all honesty, through when COVID nineteen happened, when we didn't know anything what was going on, the resident or the staff there, they basically stuck their necks out. I mean, they did everything possible. They were in the danger zone the whole time. And now, since they're actually, I mean, if you do read the original resolution, it's basically a crap of help. You know, basically just wanting a little bit of support because their morale is so low right now because of these COVID policies. And on top of that, you know, I believe up in, until that point in time, um, every county in the Upper Peninsula has supported their medical care facilities. Um, so I just think that was something they could have got right from the get-go. And if, in, in all honesty, if somebody's really not, you know, concerned about the verbiage of the resolution... Um, I think they should have said, you know what, let's just have a meeting with the staff at Canal View tomorrow and actually just kind of go into details and discuss what can be done about this. But instead, it, it felt like everybody was blown off. Um, Kim Salome was tendering her resignation because she just basically can't work in that in those conditions. And, you know, in all honesty, I mean, I, I mean, she's a trooper. I mean, <laughs> she, she laid everything out on the line, and I think that should not have happened at all. And I think it was an embarrassment to the county board because the only person that was there visiting them or even talking to them was Al Koskla. And nobody else has really made an effort to talk to him. And if I do get elected, I promise I'll actually make an effort to go over there. And even if it's not even for official business, I'll just go over there just to say hi. You know, because I want to treat everybody with dignity and respect because, you know, we're all, we're all hardworking people trying to do the right thing. Dan Holcomb is the Republican candidate for Houghton County District 3 Commissioner. Uh, got a couple minutes left in this segment. I wish we had more sure. time in, in some instances, but I do want to go back to some of those days that you were just mentioning a, a moment ago, uh, the COVID-19 situation fading a little bit now in our rearview mirror. Yep. But there was a lot of controversy a couple of years ago in regards to the role that the Western uh, UP Health Department played in all of this. Of course, they were carrying out instructions that were being given to them from the state, but there was controversy about their role, and there have been rumblings from people that uh, maybe funding should be discontinued from the county to the health right. department or perhaps cut back. What is your position on that, and what do you view the role the health department played during the pandemic? Well, I mean, in all honesty, uh, my approach on this is to protect small business and everybody else's constitutional rights. And I think what was happening is, you know, these these uh, Zarkonian rules were just come up, I mean, just out of the air. I mean, it almost seems like, because we didn't know what was going on, you know. In the very beginning, people would probably say, okay, these protocols need to be in place, but they weren't working. They were, you know, it, it, the virus kept changing. I mean, once we got more and more familiar with it, it almost seemed like the policies just kept doubling down. Um, you know, 
I'm, I'm just going to take a pragmatic point of view on this whole situation, and I'm just going to use the Constitution as, as my guidance to this whole thing. So, I mean, in all honesty, I'm pro-Constitution, and I'll do anything to, to stand up for, for, for and protecting our residents here in Hilton County. Should the level of support that's currently being offered to the health department be continued? Uh, well, I mean, you can define support. I mean, just support as in just trying to make sure that they can operate efficiently. And if, if these COVID mandates are actually um, hindering their performance, I just said they just do what they need to do to get the job done. All right. Talking with uh, Dan Holcomb, who is the Republican candidate for Houghton County Commission in District 3, running against the incumbent Democrat Glenn Anderson. As we wrap this up, Dan, you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago that folks interested in perhaps running for office could get in touch with you. What about folks who may have questions about your position on the issues in this uh, election? How can they get in touch with you and talk with you about your, your views on things? Yeah, sure. Uh, my email, you can get a hold of me by email. It's uh, all over case V-O-T-E-W-D-H at gmail.com. Um, just, you know, please, uh, I'm more than happy to talk to anybody about it, anything that's going on. I mean, it's, that's why I'm doing this is, you know, just trying to stand up and trying to be transparent and actually trying to have a, a discussion. So I'll be more than happy to to talk to anybody that has any questions about anything, even before I do at work. <laughs> As we close this out real quickly, are there any other issues that you would want to see the county board addressing over the next couple of years? Well, I mean, uh, just real quickly, uh, the bridge. I think the bridge is a, is a common thing that everybody is struggling with right now. I mean, it, at rush hour, it takes almost 15, 20 minutes, more than that sometimes across it. We need something that takes less than a minute during rush hour to get across the canal. I mean, I, I, I'm all for a bridge. I'm all for a tunnel. I don't care. I just want to be part of the process to make sure that our tax money is going to be used wisely. So that way we have uh, like a solid infrastructure piece of infrastructure in here, because right now the way the, the funding works for it is um, 70% comes from the state, uh, 20%. I mean, 70% comes from the federal 20% comes from the state. Um, and right now, I believe the last thing that's happened, uh, Greg Mark and I met with uh, Tom Tick and discussing the feasibility study. So that would be something I want to you know, be a part of. I think it would be super cool. And, um, and yeah, I mean, like I said, let's let's use our tax money wisely. Let's put things where we need to have them. All right, and we have to wrap it up there. Dan yeah. Holcomb, thank you for your time on Copper Country Today. Best wishes. All right. Thank you so much, Todd.